In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the gospel of the Lord. The message of Jesus changes everything. On that first night, it, it changed the lives of just a handful of people, and that message of Jesus has continued to change everything for everyone throughout the ages. And as we approach the message of Jesus this Sunday, this Christmas day, I want us to consider how he changes our lives in three ways. He changes the way we see God. He changes the way that we see ourselves. And he changes the way that we see others. Have you ever noticed that it almost feels as if this, this account of Luke 2 that is 20 verses long and is the most detailed narrative of Christ's birth it's about Jesus, yes, absolutely, but doesn't it seem like the shepherds almost get a, a bigger role than you might expect? The shepherds, these two or three, are just a handful of men who were, were out in the fields that night that just happened to fall into the story, get verse upon verse about them and their relationship to God and their relationship to the angels and, and what they did upon hearing the message and what they did upon seeing Jesus and it seems as if God uses an inordinate amount of time talking not about Jesus, but talking about the shepherds. The fact that Jesus came on Christmas is not just good head knowledge. 
It's not just a fact that we're supposed to slide in the back pocket and move on with our daily lives. No, the fact that Jesus came has an actual impact on the lives of human beings, and that is beautifully illustrated in the way that we see the shepherd's reaction to the accounts of Jesus being born for them. Consider the job of a shepherd. They are out standing in the darkness. You'd imagine maybe there's a, a, a moon in the sky, unless there's cloud cover, in which case it would be extraordinarily dark out there. And, and maybe there's a fire, but, but maybe there's not. And, and they're just sitting out in the darkness, and, and they're looking for wolves, and they're looking for sheep that are wandering away. And all of a sudden, a celestial being whose brightness almost knocks them on their rear ends, comes out of nowhere. And they're terrified. And as I read through this account, I couldn't happen but wonder, were the shepherds even believers? Before this moment in time, did they know all of the promises of God? Were they faithful Jewish people at the time who, who knew all of the things that God had done throughout the history of the Jewish people? Or maybe not. Were they people that just sort of had an idea of who God was? God's coming to them that night shows how people throughout the entirety of the Old Testament, in fact, acted when they were faced with the glory of God. And what does it say? They were terrified. It says that they were terrified at the sight of an angel. Go back throughout all of the other times that God appears to his people, whether in the form of an angel or, or they just see his glory, and you see people falling on their knees before him when he is in all of his glory. Terror before an almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God is a normal reaction. Knowing that you are you and God is God and he is powerful and he is perfect, that's intimidating. It was intimidating for the shepherds and it's intimidating for us. And so what is it exactly that we see change in the account? Because it starts out with the shepherds being utterly afraid of the angel, utterly afraid of God's presence. And so what changes? When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. How does that quick transition take place? That in just a few minutes, they go from falling on their knees to saying, no, we need to do exactly what they tell us to do, and they hurry off. Human beings, you and I, are born with a natural fear of God, a natural knowledge of who he is. And we see that throughout the ages of history. When people didn't know who God was, what did they do? They worshiped the sun. They worshiped something. They knew that there was something out there. Human beings are built to know that there is a God. 
what? That's a very limited knowledge, isn't it? It's a very limited knowledge, that natural knowledge of God that to know that he is almighty, to know that, that he is perfect, that we owe him something is something that we're born with. But to know any of this, anything that we see here in Luke 2, that's not natural. That's revealed. And when the angels brought them a message, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That's what calms the fearful hearts. It's what settles the the shepherds down. It's what gives the shepherds the courage to rush off and to find this thing that the Lord had told them about. It changed their entire perspective on God. I don't know the religious, the Christian background of all of the people sitting in this room, but I do know that a lot of people grow up or at some point in their lives know God to be uh, just an angry God. A God that is powerful, a God to whom you owe something. And maybe for 10 or, or 20 or 50 years, that is all you knew about God. You knew that he was powerful, you knew that he was perfect, and you knew that he said that you ought to be perfect like him, and if you miss the mark, then shame on you. But brothers and sisters, if that is all you know about God, you only know part of it. There are people across this world that only know part of it. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. That's the other part. God sending a savior into this world to bring us out of darkness and death and sin, that's the other part. It's the part that we celebrate here on Christmas. It's the part that gives us a whole new picture of who God is. Yes, God changes the way that we see him, but he he also changes the way in which we see ourselves. Don't miss the two extraordinarily important words In these 20 verses. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. To you. This just got personal. It wasn't as if God sent his son into humanity to save humanity from their sins, and you just happened to get caught up in it. It's not as if God decided he was going to save all people and he didn't really call you out by name. He just said, yeah, I guess you can be included. No, God sent his Savior to you. All of a sudden, that that becomes a little more real when we remember who you, me, is. God sent his Savior to to sinners, to people that fall short, to people that that don't have anything to offer him. I I think sometimes we get get a little emotional about the fact that, that God saved us. 
I remember when I was a kid, and, and as every single kid on Christmas morning, what did you do? You woke up, and you looked under the tree, and what were you looking for? You weren't just looking at that, that mass of presents. No, when you are one of three sons, what do you look for? Two Simeon. The most important words that you could possibly find on Christmas morning, to Simeon. Because that massive presence is all well and good underneath the tree, but if not a single one of them is to Simeon, then it really doesn't matter what's under the tree. Christ is under the tree for you. No matter your background, Christ, the Savior, entered this world, and God addressed his forgiveness to you. It changes the way that we see ourselves. We don't, we don't see ourselves anymore as just those, those sinful pawns in a world that has been so darkened by sin. We see ourselves as, as children of God that God deemed worthy to call his own. No, not because of how great we were. God wrote to you on his present of a savior because of who he is. Because his great love knows no bounds. It changes the way that we see ourselves, but it also changes the way that we see others. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They knew it wasn't just for them. And it's this beautiful picture of evangelism, one of the first that we have where the shepherds hear the message of salvation that has come to them, and they say, this cannot just be for me. I need everybody else to know, too. And so they take that message, and they go out into their community, and they tell as many people as they possibly can. Do you suppose they just told the people that wanted to hear, hear from them? No. No, they told everybody. They were willing to have the door slammed in their face. They were willing to walk away kind of feeling like a loser because they knew that they had won in Christ. The gospel changes the way that we see others because when we see the fact that we are, that we are rescued from the depths of sin, we turn outwards and and we show the other people around us that you too can live like this too. You too can live in the peace and the comfort and the confidence that only comes from Christ Jesus being your Savior. There are so many things that matter or, or seem to matter in this world, but, but today, brothers and sisters, it's okay if the only thing that matters in your life is the message of Christ Jesus for you. It pushes so many of the, the other background noise aside. Maybe you came to church today and, and you, you've got some things that are going on in your life as you sit in these pews that, that are maybe even distracting you and, and pulling you away from, from what's happening here in the service. 
things that are, are bothering you. Things about somebody in your family, things about yourself, things about a friend, things about a coworker. Maybe you've got something that is just eating you up inside. Today, brothers and sisters, let nothing else matter. Let the message of Christ be the only thing that matters for you today and for the rest of your lives. I was reading a study that was lamenting how few people uh, come to church anymore. How few people come to church even, even on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day about how, how the world has sort of just given up on God. And I'll posit this. I think in some ways we've got a lot of people in our world that simply don't know God the way that you know God. They don't know God as a God who holds a perfect standard but sent his son to keep that perfect standard for you. They don't know God as a God who sent his son into the world to save us from our sins. I think a lot of people walk away and don't want anything to do with God because they just, they don't get him. They don't get Christmas. You get to be the beacon of hope. You get to be the one like the shepherds that takes that message into the world and, and hands it to people and says, guess what? Free of charge. It means a lot to us. And you know it's going to mean a lot to the people around you. Because it means salvation. Throughout Advent, we looked at Jesus as our king, as our judge, as our Messiah, and as our Emmanuel, our God with us. Today we can rejoice in all of those things because all four of those things come to us in one Christ. And they change everything. They change the way that we can boldly go into this new year, knowing that abiding with us every step of the way is the grace of God. So it's okay. Everything can change in your life. Your Savior will remain. Merry Christmas.